Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. And new people will not be able to apply. In fact, I don't even think we should be taking new enrollees in the program now. That is how the program ends and how you wind it down, is you allow the people who are on it, when the program expires, they cannot renew it and it goes away. But I will cancel the executive order as soon as I take it, as soon as I step foot into the Oval Office. I have to say, Senator he Kuhn. lies this time. He lied. 100 percent. 100 percent. You lied about the Polish workers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You lied to the 30, students of Trump University. Ago. 38 years ago. Oh, he lied 38 years ago. All right. I guess there's a statute of limitation on lies. Jamie Dupree comes right at you from the Hill in D.C. On the Sean Hannity Show. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. And, of course, he's here with us, the one and only Jamie Dupree. We're in Nashville today. We have Senator Ted Cruz for the hour tonight. Uh, that, of course, from last night's rip-roaring, raucous debate. Was that not everything we said it would be and more? <laughs> yeah, it certainly was, Sean. I'm here in Dallas getting ready to leave town after we've had some crazy things going on today as well. But, yeah, last night was really something, I think. I expected that Rubio would come out swinging. Uh, I didn't really expect that we would see almost what was a joint uh, Rubio-Cruz operation against Trump last night. Certainly, I, I think just in the, the sort of macro sense, Rubio did what he wanted to do. Probably, you know, a lot of people felt like he was the quote-unquote winner of the debate with Cruz behind him. But at the same time, I'm not sure that any of this really damaged Donald Trump long-term, though it did bring up something that you and I discussed yesterday, and that was this issue of when you get into these smaller groups in the debate and you can dig down further into the issues, would Trump be able to sink or swim? And what was interesting yesterday was both Cruz and Rubio went after him to try to draw him out on details, on the Obama health law and other things. And there was that one uh, little segment where Trump repeated himself a few times. Rubio made light of that in referring to his own problems with Christie. And, uh, you know, I, I, look for, I look for that to continue. Rubio today, I caught him in Dallas in a, in a rally downtown, outdoor rally. He had a good crowd. I mean, nothing like a Trump crowd, but a good crowd for Rubio. How many people about? Over, no, I'd say 1,200, 1,300 maybe. It was out yeah. there. It was pretty good for him. Well, we, have a, after, we have a packed uh, house Trump tonight of like 1,000 people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He went after Trump repeatedly, calling him a con artist and more. So I, I don't look for this to be turned down at any point in time. But again, I'll stress, I, I, while I say that, while I say that it clearly gave a boost to Rubio and his supporters, I don't think I'm ready to take the next step to say that it's going to take a chunk out of Donald Trump at this point in time. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, and, and look, it was entertaining. I don't mind a, a fierce debate like this. But the reality is, is we, we only can go by what we see and what the poll numbers are. And if you look at, for example, and I know they, they're not scientific, but Time Magazine and, and Matt Drudge have their polls up. And he's scoring better than he did even in previous debates after that debate uh, because he was being hit from both sides. And, you know, Trump supporters are so strong. Are they going to switch? I don't see it. No, I don't see a lot of them switching. I mean, the, the biggest story that I found this week was I interviewed this couple at a Cruz rally who were mad at Trump. They were Trump supporters, and they decided to switch to Cruz. But, I mean, it's just little stuff like that. There, there does not seem to me, at least, to be any big movement away from Trump. So, remember, in South Carolina, his numbers did kick down slightly after that last debate. Again, I think the biggest thing might be for Rubio. Can he, uh, can he help with this debate to motivate people? to come to him at the last minute. But then again, he's been winning those kind of battles and getting a lot of the converse right at the end in both Nevada and South Carolina. And the problem is he, he was so far behind Donald Trump that it, it only really uh, pushed him up into the number two slot and didn't really threaten Trump at all. 
But on the other hand, I do think that it raises an interesting issue that you look at it and say to Rubio and his people, well, where was this in the last couple of debates? Because I do think that Rubio, A, uh, got under Trump's skin, B, he flustered him, and C, I think he also provided a roadmap for how to go after Trump in the future, and that is you just pester and badger and get in his way and, and, and try to do what he does to you. And he didn't, I, I didn't think that Trump had that many effective lines. Now, many, maybe he'll be more ready in the next debate, uh, but uh, Rubio seemed to catch him a little off guard a few times in that debate. Yeah, and you know, I, th- there was a lot of commentary after the debate. You, you know, where was this in the first nine debates? In other words, that there was a feeling among many that he was running for VP. And now people are saying, all right, well, now that he's got the establishment support and supposedly he's getting all this money that was going to Jeb Bush, that now maybe he's he's been told, no, you can actually win this thing. Uh, but here's the question. I'm looking at the polls in every Super Tuesday state. And to Ted Cruz's credit, all right, he's won Iowa. Ted Cruz is up in you know, if you look at the aggregate polls, he's up in Texas, his home state. Marco Rubio's down 20 points in his home state. And that, of course, comes after Super Tuesday on March 15th. So what state is what state will Marco win? Yeah, I don't see anything on the schedule next Tuesday that would be something that he would win. But the bigger the bigger part, of course, they'll argue is the delegate, uh, you know, accrual and, and getting those, which will not be a clean sweep for anybody next Tuesday. But your point is well taken because he hasn't won anything. Uh, Cruz here in Texas, I get the sense that, you know, it's obvious he really, really wants to win here. And for him, I do believe it is do or die. Uh, but we'll have to see, you know, so for some of these Super Tuesday states, I would say this, Sean, a lot of people I bet were just sort of tuning in for the first time. You know, we, we tend to get so caught up in it. I don't think you realize how many people sort of stay on the on the sidelines and wait to make their decision until just before their primary. So you never know how something like this might shake out. But again, I would say even if it gives Rubio a boost, I'm not sure that it's really a game changer or anything like that. But certainly from his stump speech today here in Dallas, I don't see him backing off the attacks on Trump. And Cruz has certainly been after him as well. So uh, Trump, uh, you know, I think has been put on notice that it, uh, it will get a little more rough and tumble as we move through not only the March 1st, but the March 5th, the March 8th, and then the March 15th primaries. And I think by the 15th, it'll all sort itself out. The voters will get this, uh, the last say on this, and that'll be the best part. We'll have a much better idea where we stand a week, uh, next week on Wednesday. So my reading of the polls is you've got Trump up in nine of the 11 states and Ted Cruz winning Texas uh, again. You know, at some point, you know, now we're talking about 11, 15 states, then heading into March 15th. You have to win some states at some point. A second and third place finish might look good and might keep you in the race for a period of time. But there does come a point where you need to win states. Sure. And, and the delegate, uh, the delegate numbers, I think, will be very important because if there's any way for anybody to spin any of those on the Rubio side, they will. I was looking at it yesterday. I, I don't see much of a chance for either Ben Carson or uh, Governor Kasich to win many delegates on Super Tuesday. Really, I think it comes down to basically only uh, Massachusetts, Vermont, and Virginia, which are fairly proportional with very low thresholds or even no thresholds. Uh, but some of the other states are up to 15 and 20 percent, and I, I just don't see Kasich or Carson doing that well there. Kasich was very upbeat after the debate last night. He still says he's going to hang on until the things turn north. Michigan on the 8th would be one of his big focuses. And uh, obviously he keeps sort of jabbing at Rubio, saying it's time for Rubio to get out. 
I think there'll be a lot more heat on Kasich next week, though, if he doesn't really get on the board very much on Super Tuesday. And certainly the delegate count will be very important. Again, let me stress, even though I think that the Rubio people were clearly energized today by their candidates' debate performance last night, you were absolutely correct. You've got to start putting some things on the scoreboard. That's why I, I pretty much think by, by March the 15th, we'll know whether we're going to go on well into April or whether we're going to wrap things up that night. Yeah, and I think it's going to be really, really interesting here. But again, so far, all the predictions that Donald Trump goes down uh, have not come true. I didn't feel he got rattled last night. I I thought in the last debate, I thought he was a little angrier. Did you feel the same way? And I thought last night, Um, uh, he just was kind of like shrugging it off. I I thought he got flustered last night, to tell you the truth. I, I really do think he did, because it just didn't seem to be his snappy kind of rejoinders that maybe he just wasn't sort of ready for the attacks that Rubio was coming up with. Uh, But again, I I don't think it harmed him in any great way. He was definitely not on the offensive in this debate like he was in the last one where he went after Ted Cruz repeatedly. He just didn't seem to have that same uh, same juice that he had in South Carolina. But again, uh, you know, I'm not sure that there was any grand damage done, but it does point out again, you know, for example, the issue of, of depth and issues on the Obama health law. Both Rubio and Cruz went after him for the only thing he came up with to talk about how he would change was the issue of allowing insurance to be sold uh, across and over state lines. And that's when the, the, the little repetition thing came up. And, I, you know, I know it's only a little thing, but it's one of those little issues and issues of substance that I would look for Rubio and Cruz to emphasize again on the stump and next Thursday again in the next debate as well. Let's talk about the Democratic side. You you saw Hillary confronted by the Black Lives Matter movement uh, about super predator comments that she made back in 1996. Uh, there's a New York Observer piece uh, that I was reminded of by a friend today where she actually called Robert Byrd, the former Klansman, my friend and my mentor. Bill Clinton's, quote, mentor was uh, J. William Fulbright, a known segregationist. There seems to be a very concerted effort to stop this, uh, stop Hillary from garnering the the Black American vote that she is courting and using the race card when she invoked Jim Crow the other day and started listing they don't want people to vote. So uh, it seems like the race card's being played very big here. Uh, I would say that uh, probably by next Tuesday we're going to be more disposed to talk about her being the nominee of the Democratic Party, maybe even than Donald Trump being the nominee of the Republican Party. She's heavily favored in South Carolina. She's heavily favored in Georgia and a number of other states. I mean, there were three polls in Texas yesterday that I think had her up 26 or 29, 36, and 40 points. You know, these are margins that you get in homecoming football games for the University of Georgia, the University of Texas, or something like that. And it's a reminder that Bernie Sanders can certainly draw a big crowd in a state like Texas or Oklahoma or South Carolina, but then following through on that and winning, that may be a bridge too far for him. We'll have to see what happens next week. But I think that just as Donald Trump is favored in a number of states for the Republicans on Super Tuesday, Sean, Hillary Clinton's just as strong as the favorite for the Democrats as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So in Georgia, you got 76 delegates. Trump has a significant lead in Georgia. Uh, Ted Cruz has a lead over Donald Trump. But 
you know, Donald Trump still has 27 percent. If Ted Cruz doesn't get over 50 percent, it's proportional distribution in Texas. Massachusetts, 42 delegates. Trump runs away with that. Uh, seems to be a fight over Minnesota. Minnesota is the second state that Donald Trump is not winning. But in Oklahoma, Trump is up uh, by, a, by, well, not double digits, but up by about eight, nine points. He is up in Alabama by 20 points. He's up. What are the what are the numbers in Oklahoma? There, read me the numbers in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, you've got Trump thirty, Ted Cruz. Uh, I don't have my glasses on. Twenty three, Rubio twenty one, close. So if you uh, had that happen, if you had that happen in Oklahoma's congressional districts, those uh, those numbers there, each of them would get of the three delegates in each congressional district because of the rules in Oklahoma. Rubio, Cruz, and Trump would all get one of those delegates. That's mm-hmm. the oddity of some of the rules that it would not, even though Trump would win. In those congressional districts, he would not have the advantage unless uh, one of them was not over 15 percent in the threshold. So that's what I'm saying is that, yes, there will be some wins, but there's also some real weird rules along the way that will limit his delegate hall next Tuesday. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you look at all these numbers, it's pretty amazing. Uh, but I, obviously, there's going to be a big push here. I don't think it's going to be over Super Tuesday. I don't think you're going to see either Rubio or Ted Cruz leave. Certainly, I don't believe John Kasich is going to get out. I don't think the pitch that is made by the establishment is working. And Ben Carson, I think he's, you know, he's going to his own tune here. He'll stay in as long as he feels like his message is getting out. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I think it's possible he may get out, but uh, Kasich obviously is going to resist it. Though again, if he if he does not have uh, a very good showing on Super Tuesday, I think the calls for him to get out will increase. But yes, I, I think again, uh, Cruz, if he wins in Texas, stays in. If he does not win, then that might be a different issue. Rubio, no matter what happens on Super Tuesday, I think is sticking around until at least March the 15th in his home state of Florida. Whether or not that there's anything available at that point in time or any road forward, that's a whole different question. But I don't see him getting out before that. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. All right, last question. So tell us about your travel schedule so we can get a good sense of where you're going to be and what states you're going to be following. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to run into you. I might be down in uh, Valdosta, Georgia, on Monday night, so maybe I'll run into you there for Trump uh, at that rally. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be in uh, Valdosta on Monday. Yeah, I headed up here to Dallas today. I never would have predicted that when I got here that I'd be covering Chris Christie endorsing Donald Trump. That, that was not anything that I figured was on my travel plans today. I'm going to go home, take the kids to uh, some of their weekend stuff, and then Sunday fly down to Georgia and either find my way to Alabama or Tennessee and then back into Georgia on Monday and Tuesday as well. So maybe we'll run into you along the way, Sean. All right, Jamie Dupree, if we do, dinner is on me. 